Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we talk about beauty through the lens of well being. And on today's episode, we are talking about the concept of skin sobering and how our products that we use in you know mainstream beauty culture how they're actually affecting our skin and it is a topic that i am so excited to get into and i feel like we are going to have a fascinating conversation and a very enlightening one. Uh, So to do so, I of course need to have on the author of the new book, Skin Sobering, Dr. Erin Jom. Hi, Alexandra. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. Thank you for joining me today. I am so excited for this conversation. Um, You know, I have your book and I have been skimming through it in preparation for this call. And, you know, I can't wait to do a deep dive into the book after this call um, and, and really spend more time into it, in it, in the book, because, you know, even the stuff that I've read and covered and, you know, gotten into just even on um, a more surface level is fascinating. So, you know, I can't wait to like really spend some time in here, but let's chat uh, about you and let's let the audience get to know you a little bit better. And that way we can kind of set up this discussion for what we're about to get into. Um, You know, so what, what is your background? I am a health scientist. I have a PhD in health studies and gerontology, but I feel that I am a beauty obsessed scientist who's using her science background for what I'm most interested in. Um, so before uh, health science, I was a speech language pathologist and um, worked in the health industry for a long time. I'm a late blossoming entrepreneur, and now I am a, an author. I am very happy to share that I'm a published author. Um, aside from my work uh, side, I am a mother of six children. Well, they're not children anymore. They are grown adults. My oldest one's 30 and my youngest one is 24. Five boys and a girl. They will age you, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) But something helps me. uh, It's their physical activity. Because of how active they have been, Bruce and I are also very active people. So we ski, we cycle, uh, I do yoga, and now we have completely addicted to pickleball. So we play like two, three hours a day. We sweat. So um, I guess I'm an active person who loves to look good and who uses science to help to make sure I am doing the right thing for my body and skin. Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about the beauty obsessed part. Uh, how how did you come to find beauty as to be one of your passions? Um, I'm always so curious about how people developed their relationship with beauty and like how people became interested in it. Um, and, you know, so I'm so curious about like what your journey into beauty was like. You know, I think when I have, you know, my memory of um, liking beautiful things, it was pretty early. Some people say it's born. I like, I really like beautiful things. Even I was living in the communist China. Um, there was nothing. Everybody wears blue, black, and gray. And we have a little red scarf uh, as our kind of 
communism to the, the Communist Party. And I remember wanting my scarf to be smooth. So I put it under books to take away the wrinkles. So beauty seems to be something, uh, a part of many people. But when I went to Hong Kong, when my parents brought me to Hong Kong, when a media becomes part of my life, I begin to realize I'm looking for beauty in products now. And it wasn't a an event or something um, momentous that changed me. It was just daily exposure to messages that I hear, that I see, and that my friends talk about, that I kind of become product obsessed and and try to gain beauty that way. And yeah, that journey was like a 30-some-year-old, 40-year journey. So um, it just through living that I kind of got into wanting to figure out a way to be more beautiful. Mm. And, you know, so clearly you have this through line of this calling towards beauty. And and at what point did you make it a part of your your mission in the sense that, you know, you wanted to deeply study the skin and how our products interact with the skin? Because um, that's, you know, what you're doing now. So I'm curious about when that transition happened. That transition happened when I failed at everything. I tried every product, Alex. Um, when I was younger, in my 20s, I tried the simpler, cheaper products, the, the, just the stuff that doesn't look as nice. And then as life got better, I have a bit of extra money, I tried luxurious products, products with a lot more ingredients. And the, the result has always been, I look good when the product's on. And then when the product's off, Whatever problem I was trying to fix got worse. If I felt dry, my skin got drier when the product's off. If I felt oily, I seemed to produce more oil when I use products. And fine lines seemed to become deeper lines and pigmentation got worse. I was at wit's end. I, I, I didn't know what else to do. Lucky, I have a group of friends who are very honest. We just talk about each other's problems and they call me map face. Oh, we are, we are brutal to each other. Because I had a lot of pigmentation. Um, so they called me map face and they were telling me the problems. And one of them, uh, during our annual meeting, I go to Hong Kong, go back to Hong Kong to see my primary school friends, almost 40, some 50 year old, uh, year long friendship. And one of them brought the book that's called Skin Fasting. It was written by Dr. Yutsuki, my current co-author. And his book was bestseller in all of Asia. It was in Hong Kong. It was in Taiwan. It was in Korea, Japan, Vietnam. Um, the central message of that book bugged me. It made me feel stupid. The central message of that book is products on your skin. And here are the science to support it. And when I read the science, I said, I can't believe this. I'm a health scientist, and I never paid attention to the true science, the skin physiology, the skin anatomy, and product chemistry. I never paid attention to those. I only paid attention to the education that I received through promotion, through marketing. And I was doing it all wrong. I was harming my skin. At 54, I began to practice skin sobering by getting rid of the chemical harm that has been exerting on my skin. 
And it's been four years since then. I'm 58 now. My skin has not been better. Alex, I the, the message saved my skin. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about the book and let's talk about the mission of the book. I guess the most basic question is what is the mission of the book? Like, what do you want women or anybody who uses beauty products to come to understand about their relationship with products? I wrote this book for women, for beautiful women, because beauty sells, beauty attracts. I want to grab the attention, first of all, from people who care about their skin condition. That is the surface mission. There is a much deeper vision to this book. It is about skin health, which is right now a an epidemic. I think we're sick of the word pandemic and epidemic, but let me tell you why skin health is an epidemic. It used to be about 5% of young children experienced eczema and a skin reaction problem in the 40s. Today, more than 25% of children have skin problems, eczema, dermatitis, and it goes as young as six months old. And I thank Johnson Johnson for that. I'm sorry, Johnson Johnson. But when mothers who care about their baby's skin begin to use products to wash their babies from day one, and they use moisturizers because their baby skin's now product stripped, and they need to moisturize, and they want that beautiful baby smell, and add products to make the, I mean, a lot of parents do that, just like I did with my kids, because we believed that's what skin needs. So that spectrum of the age group is suffering. Now, the teenagers. Teenagers' acne problems seem to be lasting way longer. They're getting worse. They are the map phase. I'm so sorry. This pizza phase, this, this inflammation. These kind of acne problems will happen with um, hormonal changes. It is part of life. Just like baby acne. When baby was first born, uh, lots of babies go through baby acne because mother's hormone passed down to the baby. When the hormonal stage changes, these problems go away. But why are teenagers' skin continue to be affected by acne late into their 20s? It's because of chemicals. So, all right. At the end of the spectrum, my dad, elders who are frail now, they need others to look after. They have dermatitis, psoriasis. These are not genetically prone problems. These problems are so strongly related to product use, chemical use, moisturizer use, cancer use. So the epidemic is not just to us, the the, the, the beauty obsessed women who have fine lines, more dry skin, more oily skin, more sensitive, sensitive skin. That's not the only problem. The problem is all across the board. So that is my main mission. My mission is to stop skin problems. And we have a, we have a, we have the easiest way, the easiest way, which is to remove the chemicals from our skin. When you talk about the problem of, you know, using using these products um, and why they are harming our skin. You know, certainly the data points that you just brought up are quite compelling. And it's certainly something that, you know, we talk about quite a bit of, you know, the rise of sensitive skin, the rise of acne, the rise of inflammatory skin conditions. And I think these are very compelling data points. But, you know, I 
I want to get into like why exactly the beauty products are the problem. Like, what is your argument there? Let's go back to beauty. You know, beauty sales. So I think your your listeners may want to know how does that affect my beauty and why? What's the science behind? First of all, let's understand skin anatomy from a very basic point of view. Our skin is an organ, and you mentioned it's the most resilient organ. It's on the outest part of the body. It bears. It has to deal with the environmental attacks. Our skin is an excretory organ. People know it's an organ, but they're not really. Um, it's not in the up the front of their mind that it's an excretory organ. And what does that organ do? That organ's primary purpose is to eliminate waste from our body, from the metabolic uh, byproducts of our body. It needs to pump out sweat, pump out salt, oil, all sorts of things needs to leave our skin through our pores, just like. A waste that needs to leave our anus and need to leave our urethra. Now, our skin has never been thought of as a digestive organ. But what do promotions and marketing tell us? Absorb nutrients. Use products as your base of nutrient and let your skin absorb the goodies. An excretory organ can never digest or eat. That's just a mockery to nature. So we've been wanting our skin to absorb, which is the wrong thing for our skin to do. That itself is just not not right. So when when you talk about skin sobering and removing this, um, basically, essentially, stop using these products that we've been conditioned to use ever since we were babies. To your point, you know, we're we're putting products on our skin and ever since we're, we're tiny little kids and women especially are conditioned to use these every morning and every evening. It's a big pill to swallow to all of a sudden say, you know, that those products are the problem. Um, how do you, one, what's the reaction that you've been getting when you tell this message? <laughs> and two, you know, like how, how do you make people see your point of view with something that is so radically different than what we've been told? Because this is a big, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, this is a big pill to swallow. Let's go back to beauty then. Many people who use skincare products do see that their skin looks better, almost instantly. It's like um, it smooths your skin. It makes your skin look more hydrated. It makes your skin look more glowy. Us can do that temporarily. Now, let me explain to you the other science concept that why this actually makes your skin uglier in the long run. Our skin naturally exfoliates. It has the ability because skin dies and gets gets old, and the top layer of the skin will fall off on its own, and that falling off and flaking. Sends a message down to the deeper layer, the stratum germinativum, which its purpose is to germinate to produce new skin. So when we put products on the top of our skin, we are stopping our skin from falling off because it's gummed up. So day in, day out, our skin is not exfoliating naturally. Therefore, our skin is not producing new cells at a at an optimal rate. 
So what do we see with our eyes? We see thicker skin on the surface, rougher skin on the surface, and we are afraid. Now, what do we hear? Oh, exfoliate with chemicals. Exfoliate with a scrub. That's like taking off scab. It's not ready. Or holding the scab and wouldn't let it fall off. In the long run, your skin is going to end up looking duller, actually less plump, because you don't have the new skin to generate. And that, that phenomenon is what we are afraid of and what we don't want. But we actually use products to stop one of the most important skin renewal that we, our body naturally does. And why wouldn't we look uglier? Why wouldn't we then listen to all the commercials that tells us, now your skin doesn't look good, let's use products to make it look good. We're solving problem with the problem. I Listen, I completely agree that we have done a lot of damage with modern skincare. We really have. Um, you know, we, we do not treat our skin with the respect that it deserves as an organ, um, as a very powerful organ. I agree with everything you're saying. And yet it is, it's hard for me to imagine to all of a sudden take a step back and not use all of this stuff, not use my, you know, retinols, not use my peels, not do all that sort of stuff. So like walk me through what it might look like if I myself go through this process of getting skin sober, you know, like what, what, what is it going to look like? What should I expect? And basically mentally prepare me for this because this is a big, it's a big concept to get your head around. And it's a big concept for, you know, somebody like me who, who, yes, I, I totally see your point of view and I agree that, you know, we've done so much damage with modern skincare and, and yet I still, I still hold on to a lot of these things as, you know, my, my, my precious products or whatever. So before I take you down the road of rough recovery, Alex, I think I would like to address why you hold on to this idea of I need retinol, I need moisturizer, I need cleansers so strongly. You've heard of the term soap opera. Do you recall or remember why it's called soap opera? It was just so part of us. Well, soap opera started in the late 1930s, and it became uh, rampant in the early 40s. It is a TV genre, a radio genre, that cleansing companies, beauty companies, use to sell soap to housewives. So soap operas are always aired right after lunchtime when um, women now are kind of finally have a chance to take a break, maybe do some dishes, turn the TV on, turn the radio on. And that's when the commercials come in to tell you, you don't want to smell like human. You want to smell like floral fruity. Your kitchen should not smell like food. Your kitchen should smell lemony fresh. Your skin does not look right. You need products. The message went on for 80 years. Alex, for 80 years, your grandmother, your mother, yourself, have been listening to, listening to a message that tells you products solve problems. I, if you don't have a big roadblock, you will be living in, 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 in the mountains as a hermit who has never heard of this. Any modern women would have heard this. In fact, the second largest sales channel of skincare products 
are doctors. So we even hear this from doctors. My favorite movie stars are Jennifer Aniston.、Um, my favorite、uh, daytime show lady is Ellen DeGeneres. I love Sofia Vergara. They all have the most amazing messages that they tell you. You want to look like me? Use what I use. You want to light up the room? That's what you can do. So there is absolutely hundred percent reason why we have this pill is hard to swallow. We've already drank the Kool Aid. We don't want to give up our products. But is our skin getting better? Be honest to yourself. When you take all the skincare products, do you see really better skin? I saw drier skin. I felt oilier. I saw clogged skin. I had dull skin. Thousands of data that Dr. Yuzuki has collected over his 20 years of practice see the same thing. So when women begin to realize. A minute, these products are not making my skin better. They're functioning like drugs. When I'm on it, I feel great. When I'm off it, it's not right. They start realizing this. Okay, so they answer your questions of this tough road of recovery. Think tobacco quitting. Think alcohol quitting. Think cutting down sugars. You're gonna feel awful. You're gonna feel bad before you feel good. Because your skin has been dependent on the products, it no longer is secreting oil the right way. It may be overproducing oil because you're stripping your own oil production off. You're stripping everything off. It's thick and span clean. Your oil glands are like, what's going on? I need to overproduce. So your normal skin may now become oily skin, or your dryness is even worse because. The moisturizer is preventing your skin signal from telling itself, "Oh, I need to hydrate my skin." And worst of all, there's a substance in moisturizer called surfactant. The surfactant is a form of emulsifier. Its function is to blend oil and water, so our cream looks smooth and beautiful and buttery. And that surfactant, it has the most amazing ability to break down. Your skin barrier. So our skin barrier is impermeable. Our skin,、um, being an excretory organ, is one function, and a protective organ is another function. It is actually impermeable. It does not want things to go through because it needs to protect the rest of our body. So when product claims that it penetrates your skin with a wonderful、um, B12,、uh, five gallons of hail, I don't know what they say. They say all kinds of things. They say the things that they put into your your products can penetrate your skin. Yeah, it is penetrate your skin. Why? Because it's dissolving the protective layer, the moisture barrier of your skin. It's causing your skin to be leaky. And the science term, scientific term for that is PEWL, transepidermal water loss. Your skin is leaky. Moisture is leaking. Of course, you feel dry. So when you first start skin sobering, the problem is going to be magnified. If you have dry feeling, it's going to be drier because you haven't really adjusted yet. If you're oily, it's going to be oilier.、Um, the itchiness go away almost right away. So mostly oiliness, dryness, and some like flakiness. Oh my God, glow, flaky, 
galore. Because suddenly all the dread, dead skin that's been caked up, now it's going to come off. By the first week, second week, your bad feelings are going to go away. And you're not going to feel dry or oily. You still may see the flakes. And don't start putting stuff on it. Please don't. And third week, fourth week, it's amazing. Our skin takes about 28 days to regenerate from the deep layer to the surface layer. Uh, the, the very surface skin is every three days it falls off. But for actual skin renewal to happen from bottom to the top, it's about 30 days. So give yourself 30 days to go through this sobering process. And you will be shocked to find out that undisrupted skin, unattacked skin is so supple, is so vibrant, is so less care. Let's clean it. You know, I, I really am going to try this out myself because I, I really am curious to see what this feels like. Um, and as somebody who is inundated with products as kind of a part of her career, <laughs> I'm nervous, but I, I'm willing to give it a shot because, you know, I, like you said, I, and like I've said throughout this interview is I really do believe in the power of the skin and the skin's regenerative properties. And I do think that there is a lot uh, to be said about allowing yourself to, to give your skin the room to, to do what it's supposed to do. And I, I really do, you know, I, I, I believe in so much of what you're saying. Um, I, I think one of the counter arguments, which you address in your book, and I just, I want to talk about here, um, is, you know, you might hear people say like, oh, but if I don't use products or if I don't do X, Y, Z, then like my skin is going to look, you know, old and ugly or, or and then they do the counter effect of, oh, but I follow this influencer or my friend does like a 20 step routine and she looks great. You know, like what? What is the argument to this idea that like there's, you know, quote unquote, anecdotal evidence to support the fact that if you use 12 products and you're going to have young looking skin and if you don't use anything, you're just going to have like kind of like old and dull skin, you know, like how do you address that? Oh, I call this the old ant effect. People who look after their skin, they started normally with good skin, beautiful. So they are very, um, um, um not prone to, they're very drawn to wanting to stay beautiful and look after their skin. These people are doing two things right. They often understand the, 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 the damage of UV rays, which is a huge thing. They understand that smoking is bad. They understand bad lifestyle is going to give you bad skin. So they do these two things, the lifestyle thing and the protection thing right. They just have heard the wrong message about using chemicals as a right skin, the right thing. So when someone does two things, right, especially good lifestyle and protection, they're going to look better. Conversely, those who don't care about their skin, usually those people are not the skin sober or knowledging, uh, skin sober people with knowledge. They actually are the kinds that, eh, it doesn't matter. It's not my thing. They don't look after their skin. They don't protect their skin. They also may not have a good lifestyle to support beauty and health. So if they do these two things wrong, and they don't use skin products, which means they don't have chemical damage, they're not going to look better with two against one. So what I really want 
to tell people is, please read my book, the first at least three chapters, to understand why you feel the way you feel, the lure into wanting to use products. Second, what's the science behind in both um, skin science and chemistry in product science to understand that yeah, vegetables are good for me, even though people say sugar is better. When you actually really believe this science, you will have the discipline to get through the first few whiles, which is less than a month of not so good skin to get to the better skin where your skin now can renew. Your skin can now regenerate on its own and you will see the most beautiful skin. And let's, let's face it, Alex, if it fails, don't worry, use products. will change your skin in one day. It'll make you 10 years younger in less than a week. You have nothing to lose. Go back to the products. So, but try skin sobering. We've never gone skin sobering against products. It's always been a race of it's, it's, um, eye cream better or face cream better for the eye or is retinol better or hyaluronic acid better? It's always a race between product and product. Nobody dared to have an actual competition of let's see if nature is better with protection and good lifestyle, keep everything the same, but without chemical. Let's see if nature is better or if product is better. And I would love to see Mind Body Green start a skin sobering challenge. Just to start doing that and have them tell their story after one week, tell their story after two weeks, and then give us the result after a month. See what epidemiology tells us. We have enough science to back this. We just are not loud enough. We cannot get over the noises of this multi billion industry. Actually, I want to ask you do you know how much um, one company? A year spends on advertising on skincare products. Overall, industry, just one company. Throw me a wild number. Uh, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. Eleven point five million. With a B. PNG, Procter and Gamble spends eleven point five billion dollars on promotion and advertising. This is recorded statistics. Why don't you think that you and I are going to be inundated of beautiful people's voices, of celebrities' images, of doctors selling these products? And doctors are the second largest channel of beauty product sales. So why won't we feel this way? We are normal. We have to break the cycle. The cycle of skin damage and skin harm is rampant. Children who are now allergic to food, basic food that are healthy food, eggs, peanuts, things that are whole and wholesome, they started with being allergic on their skin first. There's a term called topic much that starts with a skin reaction of sensitivity that comes from contact with chemicals. Then it leads to an inhalation allergy, which is hay fever and asthma. Again, through your body's immune system over misfiring, your body's immune system misfiring because we are we cannot deal with chemicals. 
And that allergy then progresses and marches on and become an ingestion allergy. So now our whole body is not only allergic to what's in contact, what we inhale, we're allergic to what we eat. All these starts with chemicals on our skin. This is serious, Alex. Well, you know, it, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, and we're kind of breaching on that topic now, is, you know, you call this a public health issue, which I think is quite startling language, especially in the skincare world, in the beauty world, where we're taught to think of ourselves as like the frivolous little sister that's superficial and, you know, oh, that's just beauty. Like they're just silly over there. But your argument is that, no, this is a public health issue, what we're going through. Explain more and, you know, walk me through why, why you make such, such a bold claim. Whenever we think of a public health issue, we think of death. We think of serious problems. Well, skin, serious chemistry, it'll just be itchy, just be sensitive, a bit patchy, red, scaly, nothing compared to the heart stopping and dying from viruses. Well, no, it is a public health issue because skin issue is the number one reason that people in America see their doctors. It outnumbers, skin issues outnumber diabetes, outnumber back pain, depression, anxiety. It is the number one reason that people see their doctor. Well, if you see your doctor, you see your doctor, for that one problem, which is rank number one, I don't think you can say that it's not a problem. But why do we see skin problem as, eh, no big deal? Because most of the time, skin issues are brought on by people who use skin products and makeup. So naturally, we kind of roll our eyes and say, you brought it onto yourself. You just you brought, it, you brought this problem onto yourself. So people kind of look down upon this. And also, skin issues in comparison to all the other organs are just not seemingly severe. But when you think of how many people live with itchy skin, so many of us living with sensitive skin, fine lines, blotchiness, dermatitis. I'm, I'm now combining beauty problems with uh, skin discomfort now. They are in the same family because they're coming from the same source exposure to chemicals. The night and day using of chemicals is wrecking your skin structure. That's why we begin to see minor problems as in beauty issues. Children don't have beauty issues, so they exhibit the skin problem in actual redness, discomfort, sensitivity. The pure number of people who have this problem makes it an epidemic. The pure variety of the problems within our skin makes it an and we cannot oversee this and the solution is so simple our skin is resilient just drop the step of fussing over your skin it will heal it will recover and you know one thing that i think hopefully people are starting to come to light about is the fact that you know in you touched on this in your earlier answer where you were talking about how various sensitivities and allergies lead to other sensitivities and allergies in kids it is, you know, we know that um, 
our skin barrier has a huge effect on our internal health too. You know, um, we know that uh, having a strong skin barrier can reduce internal inflammation. Um, and we know that, you know, there's connections between uh, having a weakened and compromised skin barrier and even like heart problems. You know, there's these things are deeply interconnected um, in a way that I just... I would like to think is is shifting. I'd like to think that perception is shifting, but I do still think like a lot of people just they they view skin concerns as superficial and unserious when in fact, you know, your skin is your front line of defense. And you used the right word. You picked the right word. Inflammation. We know inflammation does a lot of bad things to our body. And when our skin is in contact with substances that it does not want to, that is foreign to our skin. And really, everything is foreign. Water is the only thing our skin really needs. And if you have really oily, dirty skin, yes, use soap, use pure soap to wash it off. But when we are in contact with substances that are not meant to be on our skin, our skin's reaction is inflammation. Your and my naked eyes do not see it. Inflammation is happening in the pore. A magnifying glass, a, a microscope will see it. We feel it. We feel dry. We feel cold. We feel oily. We see a bit of blemish. These are all signs of inflammation. And if we don't stop that inflammation, that acute inflammation, the worst thing happens, which is chronic inflammation. If your skin is chronically inflamed, penis is what you see. The actual feeling of sensitivity. You just, you know, you just, you just react to things. That's what we see. And inflammation goes around. When you have inflamed skin, I don't think anyone will feel good. Don't get to a place like I did in my mid fifties before I realized this is not good for my skin, neither for my skin health or beauty. Begin to understand what chemicals do to our body and skincare products, whether they call it organic or natural, they are all chemicals. It's been heavily processed before it can get into the bottle. So don't let that one drop of avocado oil or whatever beautiful bot botanicals that they put in the products to fool you that it is good for your skin. And our skin is not a digestive organ. So please don't use food value to apply to the skin. Food value is good for digestive system. It's not good for expiratory system. Marketers are so smart. They know we like organic stuff and natural stuff. They now are talking about using products that are organic and natural in a bottle. Wow. We've been really doing I do want to ask about, you know, we're, we're using the word chemical. And I think one of the arguments that comes up a lot in the beauty space is this idea that, you know, like everything's a chemical. So, you know, why do we vilify this word chemical? So I'm curious, like when you say chemical, what what is your definition within this context? Okay. Uh, uh, let's talk about, I mean, yeah, we are surrounded by chemicals. We shouldn't be afraid of chemicals. They are around us. But you and I both know we don't want to eat chemicals. We don't want chemicals to get into us. So let's talk about the chemicals that we actually agree with. Preservatives. It's a, it's a very powerful chemical. Preservatives are in every bottle of products we use in every jar. Without that, 
it'll spoil within a, a, a week. But yours and my luxurious cream will last for months and even years, and it wouldn't spoil because there are preservatives in them. And what do preservatives do to our skin microbiome? Our gut has microbiome. Our skin also has microbiome. It's a body of bacteria that live harmoniously together. There are symbiotic bacteria that's needed on our skin to protect us by occupying residence so the pathogenic ones cannot take up space. We have our own army to fight off yeast and bad stuff. Preservatives in every bottle and jar kills off everything. It kills off our army. Now our skin is bare without protection. Well, that's why chemicals are bad, because they can kill our own natural protection. And chemicals used on, pro- on surface of tables and you know, wipe your toilet seat, wonderful. You want to kill all those bacteria, but why are you harming your skin's natural microbiome? And the products will do that. Yeah. You know, I, I think the preservative conversation is really complicated and nuanced one. Um, but certainly the microbiome aspect of it is quite, you know, it's, I think it's something that people have a hard time kind of wrapping their head around because I think the microbiome is this thing that is kind of this like new area of understanding for us. Um, and is a relatively new area of research. However, we, one thing that we do know for certain is how important it is. You know, even if, you know, there's still so much research that needs to be done on it, we do at least know that it is this vital ecosystem that lives on us. Um, and so, you know, preserving it and balancing it and, you know, making sure that it's, um, that we're not disrupting it is of utmost importance. You know, certainly we know that to be true. And any chemicals that's on our skin will disrupt it, if not wipe it all off. But our skin is resilient. Give it a chance. Just use water and use pure soap if your skin's extra dirty. Dirt from outside, not your own secretion, because water can wash away sebum, mucus, sweat, pollution that's in the air, urine, all these things, water can wash it off. We can be quite clean with warm water alone. By doing that, you're not affecting the microbiome. It will regenerate. It will take a couple weeks. It will come back. And you'll be surprised that our skin needs the secretion from these symbiotic bacteria in order to nourish the, the, the skin surface cells. So the, the symbiotic microbiomes have a lot of functions. They need to stay on our skin. The knowledge of microbiome is new. A microbiome has existed for millions of years. We just need to know how not to destroy it. If we don't know how to make it good, let's not destroy it. That is our first Getting rid of skincare products is the first step of not destroying a microbiome. Yeah. You know, you're giving me a lot to think about. You really are. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask, uh, obviously, you know, you did so much research that went into this book. I, you know, I really encourage everybody listening to, to get yourself a copy. I think you'll be blown away by the amount of research that went into it. So I just want to ask, like, what, what were some of the things that shocked you or surprised you the most in your research and writing process? 
actually, um, what shocked me was that doctors were number two salespeople with skincare products. Uh, we trust our doctors. There are many great doctors, but doctors are actually the a great sales channel for cosmeceuticals. These, this is actually the right name. Cosmeceutical. Skincare products is a form of cosmetics. It actually makes our skin look instantly better just by applying it. Think of it like cosmetics. You will have an easier way. Tell yourself, I don't want that when I go to sleep. Maybe I want that when I have to face the world with my best looking face. I'll put it on. But if I am letting my skin to do its own work, I don't want the cosmetics on. And pseudical is pharmaceutical. Skincare products function just like drugs. They function like a drug. When you have it on, you feel great. You look great. When it's off, things don't feel right anymore. It's like the hit is off. So that shocked me the most, that the whole medical industry actually is one of the big promoters of skincare products. And second, it, it surprised me that skincare problem is that big of a problem. I didn't know it was number one reason that people see their doctors for. And last but not least, I was happy to find out that you and I and a lot of our girlfriends actually don't really want that routine. They think it's cumbersome. It's like, oh, I gotta do this skincare routine again. And not doing it is actually a great freeing feeling that I don't have to fuss over my skin. But I just have believed that not fussing over my skin is wrong for my skin. So now Dr. Jam and Dr. Yuziki are telling you, not fussing over your skin is what your skin needs the most. Just cleaning it with warm water is the best thing you can do for your skin. So carry this message with you. And hopefully with the book and the full understanding of all aspects of the skincare industry, the legal side, the, the promotion side, and the science side, that you will have strong enough of an understanding. It's not a belief. This is not a belief or an opinion. This is completely backed by science. So with that understanding, I hope you will feel that I can do this. I know it's good for me. It's going to be tough. But I can do this. I can let my skin be healthy again with no issues. Well, you're making some pretty compelling arguments. Um, I I told you I'm gonna try myself. So after after 30 days, I'm gonna I'm gonna email you about how after <laughs> how it went. Email me. Don't email me the next day because you're gonna be crying and say I don't like my skin. Email me after a week after two weeks, and then after a month. And that's what we should ask our skin sobering challenge people to do. Report after seven days and see how things are. And, and may I just um, correct myself? I say your skin will have no issues. Wrong. Okay, our skin is a living organism. Depending on how your environment changes, how your own internal um, system changes through stress, through lack of sleep, through work and life demands, your skin is going to show abnormalities. Abnormalities are normal part of living. So if you have a zit, have some dryness, or have some flakiness, don't reach out for products. Don't reach for products. Just like you have a little cold because your system is weak, don't go for antibiotics. Let yourself have the most natural thing, which is water and rest and good nutrients through your mouth. Then you will see 
how fast your skin actually repaired for the second wave. So a little zit may took five days for it to go away. After your skin's over, it now takes me over a day or two. Then it goes away. So problems with skin is a natural part of life. But you have good repair abilities, then whatever problems you have will go away faster than you ever imagined. Yeah. Well, get ready for my emails. The last thing I want to chat with you about is what you do for yourself. Um, at this point, I normally ask people what they do in their beauty routines. Um, <laughs> but I have an idea that um, yours just involves water. Well, you should ask me what I do with the time I save for my beauty routine. <laughs> I used to Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing I wanted to ask about is, you know, how you take care of yourself as a whole. And I feel like that, in a sense, is your beauty routine. You are absolutely right, right Alex. I used to spend about an hour and a half in, in the morning to put layers of products on. I put, um, I, I blend three foundations to make it natural. So there's a lot of work to blend three foundations. And then I put serum on, and then I, I just dolled up to look natural. So the hour and a half I spent to put on my skin is doubled when I go to bed. That's the same amount of time I need to take it off and then re-put on the colorless makeup called skincare products to then re-nourish my skin. So now I have three extra hours a day. What do I do? For my mental health, I read a lot. I just read anything that interests me. It doesn't even matter um, what it is. You, you, your mind will call for things that you need in the moment. So I read books that are about happiness. I read books about food, about strengthening your body and your joints. I read books about mental health. So I spend a lot of time reading. I also move a lot. I told you what I do. Now I have an, a whole three hours to play pickleball every day. It's amazing when you have time like that. And I spend the time to build my meaningful relationships. I have more time to see friends, to see my family, to to deepen my relationships with people that matter to me. And the only thing I don't do well is I don't sleep early. I'm such a night hog that my sleep is still more of a late night sleep. And I am not getting enough sleep, especially with the book selling really well now. It hit um, Amazon number one in eight categories, and it came number six as the overall Kindle sale on my launch week. Uh, it was only after Prince Harry's fair. This was number two, mine was number six, and the in-betweens were all fictions, fiction sale, which and non-fiction. So now with the initial wave of recognition, I have very little time to sleep again, but I am really happy that the message is being disseminated disseminated to all age groups. Let's start with women who care about these things more than others and spread the word to everybody who has skin, which is everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't wait to try. I can't wait to spend some more time in in this book, diving deeper and, you know, just really gets getting into your incredible research because you know so much thought went into this so thank you so much for joining me today i i really enjoyed chatting with you and learning more about your insights and um you know just getting uh 
getting some time to to learn and digest more about this really radical yet simple point of view. You know, it it feels it feels radical because of what everything that we talked about in the sense of we've just been conditioned to believe this thing. But in a lot of ways, it's a very simple point of view, um, you know, and that, yeah, you, your skin takes care of itself. Yes. And it's the most basic, the longest history way. Our skin before cleaning, before soap was just dirty. Um, we didn't know how to take care of our skin then. After the invention of soap, we humans got it. We now know how to clean our skin, and we didn't have all these products that we put on. So go back to what your great 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 grandmother did. Put stuff on our skin every day. We put stuff on if we really want to impress people and look great for a special event. Do it. Makeup is wonderful. Makeup is like an artistic technique. We have a we have a pretty healthy relationship with makeup. You know, makeup make us look good. Makeup not great. We don't sleep with makeup. Why are we doing that with skincare products? Skincare products just make up without color. Essentially, yeah. No, I mean you're not. That is true. It's they function very similarly, and the chemical makeup is very, very similar. Well, I can't wait to try this out. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights. Um, and thank you so, so much. Thank you for spreading this message, which is not a popular one, but a necessary one. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at Green. You can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.